Hey, 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 everybody. It's episode 24 of TLDR Podcast. It's almost James's age because James wow. is like 25 or something. Maybe he's a little older. 26, but you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Um, I feel like we went from TLDR bumps to TLDR dumps, guys. Um, Alex, he told us to draft Daniel Jones. Now he's hurt. Whoa. I told you guys a couple episodes ago, <laughs> Joe Burrow, he's out for the season. Tyler told you guys to draft Rex Burkhead a couple episodes ago. He's he out did. for the season. Yeah. James tells us all the time that he likes the 49ers. Their entire team is hurt. But anyways, Jaden, what's up? How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, I'm, dude, I'm good. Um, I mean, just I, I, to, tomorrow is a big day for me because – if my defense doesn't get literally eight points, my playoffs are my playoff dreams are done. So I'm relying on the Steelers defense at this point to beat your ass. Um, yeah, it. Uh, you know, I'm shaking in my boots, but I I, I feel okay. <laughs> yeah, we we are having quite the battle. I'm up by eight points. Um, this whole Ravens. COVID debacle might screw me over this week and might actually help you trade. And let's hope that doesn't hoping- happen. James, how you doing? You know, we're talking football already. Love it, dude. I'm doing great. Uh, Matters won against the Rams. Fucking suck it. Uh, I'm still in last place, but I'm not the only person in last place. That's all that matters. (laughs) You and I, beer mile, will be exciting. All right, I'm in. Yeah, I hope you guys tie. Fellow Rams fans, Alex, how we doing? You did a good job hosting last week. I'm sorry I missed it. It's okay. Yeah. How was uh How was your mom's birthday? You guys do it was good. Yeah. We had sushi outdoors in Huntington Beach. Beautiful. It was a great, it was <laughs> great. No, it was a place called Irase. Um, oh. I think that means like cheers or something in uh, Japanese, actually. For, for those of you Japanese listeners, you could uh, <laughs> you should fact check, check that. Actually, first, yeah. trade in, you that should ask Kylie. <laughs> yeah. That's not racist, though. I don't even know no, if you're Japanese. I, I want to know if I'm right or wrong, you know. I'll ask. Um, speaking of <laughs> right or wrong, Tyler, how you doing? Uh, you were wrong about Rex Burkhead, as we all know. Yeah, I was two weeks ago just talking about it, so that's fun. Um, but I did score 194 points against James. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks to 57 points from Tyreek Hill. That's Unbelievable. It was Tyler, no did you shot. check if that's a record? I, um, I I texted James. I'm like, that's got to be a record. And I meant to look it up. I haven't looked it up. He had 37 right points now, in the first quarter. Yeah. 37 in the first quarter. No, it's not the record. It's not? No. What's the uh, record? Is it Jamal Charles? No, it's it's your boy, Jerry Rice. He had a game <laughs> where he scored like five touchdowns. I don't. I think it was like 65 points or something. Oh, my God. I saw, I don't know, Matt, Matthew Berry or somebody tweeted out. Yeah. That would be a very Matthew Berry type. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that um, that felt good, but yeah. you know, I, I I had my first first full day of uh, big boy job today, uh, so that felt felt good. So actually working and doing a podcast at the same time is gonna be a little different, but I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Tyler's a big boy now. Whatever Woo! that's from. At twenty nine years old. At twenty nine years yeah. old, he finally got his first job. Is he twenty nine? <laughs> not twenty nine. Twenty seven. Let's. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, so breaking breaking news. Uh, well, kind of breaking news, but did anyone see this mysterious 10-foot metal monolith that oh, appeared? Dude. 
in Utah. In Alien yeah, Frontier. dude, in the Red Rock Canyons. So if you look it up online, people, it's madness. Like this fucking metal, like looks like from the SV129 SpongeBob episode or something. Like pops up out of the fucking ground. Yeah. Fucking name dropping SpongeBob. Episode. <laughs> right. Here we go. It's gonna be a long episode. Wow. Um, this little like fucking this big metal thing popped up out of nowhere. A few days later, it fucking disappeared. How you ask? Aliens, of course. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. We told you guys they're probably real, and now it's confirmed they're probably real. So I just <laughs> wanted you know to shock the world with you guys. Wait, confirmed they're probably real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was I'll the delivery that. of the Corona, the uh, COVID vaccine from the aliens is what it was. So it all is interconnected is what you're saying? Yep. Yeah, well, speaking of interconnecting things, we're going to segue right in to the first segment of the week. It's going to be Alex. We're talking the yeah. ultimate Frankenstein fast food combination, how you would intertwine everything. Uh, this is going to be great, Alex. Let's just, let's get right into it. Yeah. So this is, this is based off of, you know, we just had Thanksgiving trade and let us in this little heartfelt situation. We talked about, you know, it was so cute. Now Thanksgiving's over. You're mashing all those leftovers together. But I mean, for the rest of it, like, I don't know about you guys, but all of our leftovers are long gone by this point. So going back to being poor, we're going to fast food. So I asked the boys to come up with an idea. I don't know what they've come up with, so I'm a little terrified. But just, you know, mashing together fast food items from different places. I feel like I'm taking over Eric's spot because Eric's our food guy. But, Eric, I'm going to let you start. I know you just did a bunch of talking. But I think yours might be the craziest, so I wanted to start with you. Okay. Perfect. Um, Yeah, this definitely sparked my interest. I'm glad you picked this topic. so I'm thinking of a sandwich and the likelihood of a chicken sandwich. Um, let's start with the bun. It's got to be the Cane's Bobbed Texas Toast. Uh, James, what does bobbed mean again? Butter on both sides? Nope, that's wrong. Butter. Yeah, buttered on both sides. Butter on both. Yep, okay, there we go. That's bobbed. it, bobbed. <laughs> yeah. So it's got to be the Cane's Bobbed Texas Toast. Um, so then the chicken is going to be three pieces of chicken. It's going to be two cane strips and a Chick-fil-A patty, but in between that is a, a little, like few squirts of Chick-fil-A sauce in between those two, or, you know, the strips in the, in the patty. Traded, let me finish, all right? Uh, <laughs> um, the, the lettuce is going to be Chipotle, their shredded romaine lettuce that they do there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I just like that lettuce. Gotta love um, the E. coli. Yeah, the E. coli <laughs> ribbons of lettuce. Yeah, you're right. That that was the equal I let us fuck. I didn't think about that. Um, Keep going. The uh, tomato would be that big, meaty, in-and-out slab one tomato. They have just solid tomatoes there. Um, on the top of the bun would be Chick-fil-A pickles, um, a little spurts of light in-and-out onions, and, of course, doused in cane sauce. Um, and, yeah, so that would be my sandwich. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Damn, That's man. impressive. I realized now that we should have counted up the calories and whoever's had the most w- wins. <laughs> yeah, right. biggest yeah. badass, I guess. Yeah. But I that could we, be an Instagram post later. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to look <laughs> in that later. Okay, trading. You're shaking your head as if I would. I would assume it's disgust, but I'm not no. really sure. No, it's it's actually. I, I actually am sorry for you to you, Alex, because I didn't put the same effort 
in oh, my neither did I. <laughs> neither, neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm really leaving you out to dry. And and how do I follow that up? But oh, I'll go ahead. Oh, by the way, Eric, that sounds amazing. I'm I'm I'm. It sounds amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm shaking my head because I feel so bad Too about what shit. I'm about to say. <laughs> um, mine's just a basic double double in and out burger with in between in between the two patties is a Chick Fil A. Uh, like, no, that's mine. That's a no. I'm next. That's, that's what I was going to say. No, that that would be mine. I do it that sounds every like it's week. also James. Come on, James man. That's just like add like a Krispy Kreme donut on top or something. Sounds like it's James's, but uh, I, yeah, that. That'd have to be it, and then you could throw the 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 waffle fries in there somehow. But uh, okay, okay. But sorry, James, if I took it, but <laughs> <laughs> you did. I'm gonna make something up right now, though. Good. <laughs> okay, go yeah, James. It. Yeah, James, go for it. Just all right. This all is off the spot. I got I guess. <laughs> we're gonna talk <laughs> breakfast here. We're gonna make an omelet, but we're gonna use ingredients from In and Out, and. <laughs> Denny's. Let's just go to Denny's. So you <laughs> go to Denny's and you get, you know, you get some pancakes or IHOP. IHOP's better because that's IHOP is better. There we go. We're going to go to IHOP, yeah. get one chocolate chip pancake, one butternut br- buttermilk pancake, and then one butternut. blueberry pancake. Okay. <laughs> okay. Those are pancakes. Put that on the side. Get some butter, you know, and get some syrup. But then you go in and out and you get three double doubles, get some fries, mash all that up, put it in a pan, put seven eggs in there. Whip it all up, put it together. That's your omelet. That's your breakfast, and then you got some pancakes on the side. And that's are what we feeding an army? Or are we feeding yeah, you? Jesus, <laughs> that's me. yeah, that's a meal, bro. Come on, what are you talking about? Oh, that's a meal. Put put canned sauce on there. Put Chick Fil A sauce on there. At least two thousand calories, right? <laughs> I think James. And then you that. shotgun three beers. And make it into a smoothie. I love that. Dang, James, we should do that. I have. Who's having the worst? be for months. Damn, dude, who's having the worst like morning the next day? Like, who's spending the most time on the toilet so far? Oh, I feel like it's got to be James, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he had it for breakfast, so he's in trouble yeah. during the day. Like, yeah, it's not the next morning. It's well, I'm assuming he's two hours later. The, the next four hours after that. Yeah, yeah man, eating it's like the monster burrito, James. Damn. Oh, hey, I want to drink beer after that. We're fine. True. Jesus Christ. I want to puke. Tyler, let's, uh, <laughs> yours, I'm assuming, will be the easiest to deal with. We'll see. We'll see. So I kind of wanted to bring in some of my favorite fast food restaurants, my favorite part of each one, and kind of put it all into one. So I love the, uh, the bowls from Rubio's, which is this Mexican fast food restaurant. Um, I don't know, Alex, if you have a Rubio's up there. <laughs> but, Definitely um, do not. Okay, well, it's really good. And my favorite thing to get there is the California bowl. It's like citrus rice, got grilled chicken, salsa, avocado. It's super good. But so I'm going to have basically just the rice um, and the salsa in there. And then for the chicken, as a kid growing up, my favorite fast food chicken growing up was chicken stars from Carl's Jr. So throw some chicken stars in there. Make it it pretty cool, right? And then instead of – and then you're going to add some cane sauce in there. You got to put the cane sauce on it because – Where's your Subway, bro? What? (laughs) Where's your Subway? Don't you love Subway? You you still love Subway. I'm never going to live that down. Subway bag of mayo. Single day, bro. Never going to live that down. (laughs) I had a lot of Subway for like one year, and now – You had it every day for a year. Look at you now. Anyway, so that's the bowl. Right, super good. And then my favorite fast food fries are Arby's curly fries, 100%, the best. 
And then you got to top it off with a chocolate milkshake from Chick-fil-A. Wow. I feel like yours is almost like a normal meal. Yeah. <laughs> which is so boring. <laughs> well, but it's got chicken stars in it. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, Dino nuggets are better. Uh, and cane sauce. Okay, All right. Okay. Also, for those of you who don't know Tyler that well, he literally didn't eat Mexican food until like a year ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I feel like all of what that is, a is bean? all yeah. over the place. Yeah, when it comes to food, I'm not the best person. So to annoying. Ask. <laughs> okay, I went, never. Okay, I went a little bit of a different route. I went a little bit savory, a little bit sweet. So, have you guys had the uh, crap sausage or sausage and egg McGriddle thing from McDonald's? Oh, yeah. the breakfast one with oh, yeah. the syrup in the bun. So I'm just assuming McDonald's can make those buns burger sized instead of like little, uh, little like breakfast sandwich size. So I'm going double double, in and out spread on one side of the burger, whatever the sauce is that's in the cheesy gordita crunch and Taco Bell on the other <laughs> one. Double double, two slices of cheese, and then those two McGriddle pancake bun things, and then if you really want to go full fat ass slide in some mcdonald's french fries because those are the best fries there's no yeah, doubt about that they are definitely okay well tyler fuck arby's dude arby's curly fries <laughs> oh my god yeah we're we're, we're we're talking about underrated players in a little bit but how about the most underrated french fry it's clearly arby's curly fries i have no yeah they're under they're overlooked that. because the, no one goes there because the most overrated overrated fries is jack in the box terrible fries I was Jack the Box is a terrible in general. Yeah. Don't yeah. go to Jack. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't go there. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like – so I feel like James is the biggest fat ass. And <laughs> that's been established well, a long time ago. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, after Eric's in and out segment where you were like, yeah, I get four double-doubles. <laughs> Three, but that's the time. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're plumbing. Like, you should have the plumber, like, on speed dial. I actually learned how to plumb. <laughs> you learned how to plumber. <laughs> you learned how to plumb. Yeah, no, plumber. Plumb. I just met her. Oh lord, oh, got him. Got him. Got him. So good. Okay, well, that's mine. It was wow, Eric. Yeah, I, I'm most impressed with Eric's just full on. I think his yeah. was the best sounding, the best taste. Definitely yeah. comprehensive. Actually, I kind of like we all had different takes. Like Tyler's was kind of just like a regular meal that he threw chicken stars in. <laughs> Uh, Alex had the double sauces on the side that I mean like you know sauces split in half on a bun that's never been done before so that's like historical um, James of course just had the most uh, but yeah that was great stuff thanks man. Uh, when we return guys we the fantasy season is winding down we're gonna let you know uh, who to get and pick up to save a season because if you like trading uh, it's like do or die this week. So when we come back, let's see what James has to say. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's the fantasy football segment of the week, Waiver Wire. We're going to let you know who to get, who not to get. I guess you don't really want to listen to us because everyone we've told you about has been getting hurt. But, James, what do we got? That's actually not true. I've, I've had a couple good picks throughout the weeks here and there, <laughs> you know, finishing the top 10 of each position. That's cool. But this is going to be probably my last week doing this because it is playoffs next week, which means there's going to be four of you guys per – Thing that are listening yeah, to it, so I mean, there's week. no point. 
Yeah. And it's safe to say that if you don't f- figure it out now, well, you're screwed then. So. so basically, I'm just trying to help you win this last week. And if you win this, good luck in playoffs. It's all up to you. Teams on by this week are the Buccaneers and the Panthers. So if you have anybody in the Buccaneers, that's the biggest one. Fuck. Get somebody new. <laughs> Sucks you, Eric. <laughs> Starting with quarterback, first and foremost, we got Kirk Cousins from the Vikings. He's owned in 20.4% of leagues. In week 12, he had 26.18 points. Against Carolina, he went 34 for 45 for 307 yards and three touchdowns, while also adding three carries for 19 yards. And this is all without Adam Thielen because he was on the COVID list. So that's your number one wide receiver. And he's still producing without him. He's had 20-plus point games in three of his last six games, so he's really starting to heat up. Uh, as I mentioned before, Adam Thielen was out, and he is a number one receiver, but he should be back this upcoming week. And he also has another potential number one wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. Although he's a rookie, PFF has him graded as the best rookie wide receiver in the league. Teams right now are selling out to defend the run because of Dalvin Cook. The guy's a monster. He's really good at running the ball. And so teams are stacking the box, which allows single coverage on the backside and up front, which will allow for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball way more. The Vikings as a whole have won four of the last five games, so that's a lot of positive momentum and positive morale, helping the players to play well overall. Next up, they play the Jags. That's the second worst team in the league. Almost every team and every quarterback on that team has thrown multiple passing touchdowns against the Jaguars. They're a bad team, guys. So, Eric, you famously claimed that Mitch Trubisky would have, been a, would have had a better season than Kirk Cousins. Well, Trubisky got benched after three games and has only appeared in four games, and Kirk Cousins has 23 passing touchdowns. Can you make an argument against your original argument? Yes. No, I can't actually. No, I was completely <laughs> wrong. Uh, but I did pick up Cousins actually in my other league like a couple weeks ago when uh, Josh Allen was on a bye. And yeah, like you said, he's been doing pretty good. I played him the last three weeks in, in, in my league, 19.5, 25.9 and 29.18. These are his points the last three weeks. Uh, really good. Eight touchdowns in those last three weeks, only one interception. So that's also pretty good. And, uh, yeah, he's probably better than Trubisky. He's not probably – he definitely is better than Trubisky. <laughs> that was – what are you talking about? How many points do you think he puts up this week? Against Jacksonville, I'm going to get – I'm going to say 24.8 points this week. Uh, almost 25. Any uh, interceptions or any touchdowns? Uh, he's going to get – Three touchdowns again. I'm probably going to play him this week. And it depends who the Bills play because I got Josh Allen also. My two quarterback system, you know, but <laughs> I'll probably play Cousins. I would have picked Josh Allen, but that's just me. <laughs> this is the waiver wire section, man. Like, this is 50% around here. Like, for sure, play Josh Allen. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't know who they're playing, so we'll see. Okay. Well, that was a, that was a quarterback. And then moving on to running back, we have a Tavis Murray from the Saints. He's owning 46.3% of leagues. In week 12, he had 25.6 points, his season high. Against Denver, he had 19 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. It's getting to the point in the season now where the Saints are starting to rest Alvin Kamara a lot more because they want to be fresh and ready for the playoffs, which allows Latavius Murray to get a lot more work. Alvin Kamara is actually more of the pass-catching back, and without Drew Brees to throw down checkdowns all the time, they're actually going to run more running plays, which is Latavius Murray's specialty. In the two games that Drew Brees has been out, Latavius has had 12 carries and 19 carries respectively. Murray's always been a part of the game plan. He's not just coming up out of nowhere because Drew Brees is out. He's had double-digit carries in all but four games. So he's just – he's not new. He's been there. 
Um, next up, he plays the Falcons. He had 10.5 points against them two weeks ago. And then he plays the Eagles. So he could really be a multi-week player. Alex, running backs and the waiver wire are really hard to come by just because there's basically no starting running backs out there right now. So what are your thoughts on Latavius Murray? Yeah, I think if Drew Brees was still uh, healthy, I would say don't even think about it because he and Kamara have this such a great connection, you know. And you're right, Kamara is more of a pass catching back, even though he can obviously do a great job running. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> Latavius Murray is very boomer bust, though. He's got four touchdowns on the season. He's had two touchdown games. That's it. You really have to bank on him scoring, uh, you know, getting into the end zone. I don't know if you can do that. The The Saints are kind of in cruise mode right now. So, yeah, he might get a little bit more uh, work. But the Falcons are still trying to fight. They're still trying to get into the playoffs. So, they're not going to, you know, just roll over. I don't know if you can pick them up. I mean, if you are, you know, maybe you have Ronald Jones or uh, Fournette and you're looking for another running back uh, with those super weird late buys, Go for it, pick him up, but just know it's it's gonna be maybe he gets twenty points, he might get two point three. Do you think he outscores Alvin Kamara for the third week in a row? No. Okay. Wanna do five bucks again? <laughs> no, not even close, dude. <laughs> no way. I'm really reaching for these running backs. There's he's not probably not. Damn. Uh, quick side bucks. note here. Uh, <laughs> the Bills play the Niners. So the Niners have a pretty good defense. I was just seeing against the Rams. So I don't know if you want to play Josh Allen against them. So Cousins it is, huh? Uh, going on to wide receiver, we have Alan Lazard, a.k.a. the Lizard King from Green Bay. He's owned in 27.8% of leagues. In week 12, he had 12.3 points. Against Chicago, he had four receptions on six targets with 23 yards and a touchdown. He's clearly the number two guy in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. If it's a passing down and Devontae isn't open, he's probably going to be the next read. He has a knack for an end zone because he's had three touchdowns in five games. That's a really good percentage right there. It's a very small sample size, but ever since he came back from his injury, he had core surgery earlier in the year where he missed six games and a bye. He's, his targets from Aaron Rodgers have gone up every single game. Next up, they play the Eagles. The Eagles have one good corner in Darius Slay, who's going to shadow Devontae Adams pretty much all game, which leaves subpar cornerbacks and safeties to cover Alan Lazard. Traden, this is your guy, man. You had him as your waiver wire pick a couple weeks ago. Can you make an argument for or against adding him this week? Oh, he's a huge add. Um, look, he absorbed a big hit against the Bears this past week and left briefly and then came back and finished with the with the stats. He said four receptions on six targets, 23 yards, and a tuggy. Um, just, you know, he just came back from a lengthy core injury, as you mentioned. Um, and, you know, he immediately scared us. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the game, he scored, you know, he scored. And um, before missing six games, he put up two very strong performances, um, but has also seen his fair share of rough games. Um, one due to, you know, I would say because he's easing back from the injury, um, which would have been the week before. Um, um, but before surgery, he had an 87% snap share in the first three games, which lent him to record one 18-point game and a 26-point game. To me, if he sustains a four-target average, he's, he's a solid flex option. Um, and if we look at this past week, he was put out of the game for the injury, saw 33 snaps a season low and still scored reasonable points, still scored a touchdown. That's, that's fantastic. Um, for comparison, Scantling saw 56 snaps and didn't even one target. I mean, clearly he's the second best option. Um, 
but so I can see where you're coming from. Um, also, at this point, you have Green Bay facing the 13th-ranked Eagles, the 24th-ranked Lions, the 15th-ranked Titans, and the 28th-ranked Bears again. And Tennessee has allowed fifth-most points to wideouts this season. At this point in your season, you should be picking him up even if he's, if he's available, even if you're pretty confident with your team. And here's why. A, because you're going to keep your optionality on your bench as well as keeping away, you know, keeping opponents away from, you know, a potential huge guy. So he's huge. He, he's huge. That was amazing, dude. That was probably your best response yet. And it's week <laughs> 13. That was fantastic. Good job. Takes a little while, um, Matthew Barry. <laughs> Uh, what do you think his stat line is going to be for this upcoming week against the Eagles? What was that? What do you think his stat line is going to be against the Eagles this week? Um, I can see him breaching. I, I can see him breaching 15 points, and for for a flex option, that's <laughs> that that would have won me this week. So <laughs> that's true. Thank you very much. Lastly, we're going to go to tight end. Tight end this week, I have Trey Burton from Indiana. Shout out, Matt. That's your team. Uh, he's owned in six percent of leagues. He, in week 12, he had 13.2 points. Against Tennessee, he had three receptions on six targets with 42 yards and touchdown. Can we call him Philip Rivers' favorite target? Not necessarily, but he's consistently the second or third most targeted pass catcher on that team. He was really good in Chicago before injury after injury after injury derailed his career, and now he's finally healthy, so his potential is coming back. Philip Rivers loves to, show short, to throw short and throw his checkdowns, and tight ends typically run short routes, so it's a match made in heaven. He has a touchdown in each of his last two games. Up next, they play the Texans, and the Texans usually give up 60-plus yards to the tight end position per game. TJ Hawkinson just torched him for 89 yards, and with J.J. Watt coming in hot to sack Rivers almost every play, look for him to sh- throw short way more often. Tyler, you put up damn near 200 points, man, and that was crazy. So you probably won't go get this guy because you have a decent tight end on January already, but can you make an argument for or against that all right, so Trey Burton, um, this guy's an interesting pick. Um, I think he has the potential to be very, very good. Um, he's, he's scored as much as 21.9 points and has scored as few as 1.6. I think if you look at his stat line throughout the season, it's very up and down. So he's kind of boomer bust. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, I think he is getting more looks. Um, I think Phillip Rivers in general, I think, spreads his options out pretty far. So you kind of have to bank on the fact that he's part of the game plan this week. Um, which is kind of hard to predict. So I think if you're really desperate for a tight end, um, this is not a bad option. As you mentioned, he's not owning, he's owning like 6% um, of leagues. So I think this is a pretty decent pick, but don't expect too much because he could be a bust at the same time. Did he score a touchdown this week to make it three weeks in a row? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, lastly, we're going to go around and see what the guys think about their figure wave wire pick for the week. Trading this over to you. Um, okay, so Alan Lazard is my initial pick. Okay, obviously, after that dissertation that I gave you. But I want to give you something new. And please, this is a huge, there's a contingency factor. Okay, James, before you start freaking out, there's a contingency factor. Let me get through it. Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker has seen extra work and is the key understudy to Josh Jacobs. He's averaging 5.9 yards per game and, is, and has shown he can handle the majority of the work like he did in week 10 when he had 16 carries for 82 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the consistency part being Josh Jacobs staying out. He, he does have a sprain, and it looks like it's going to be minor. But if, you know, you got to monitor him throughout the week, if, if Josh Jacobs is, is not going to be, ta- you know, taking snaps this, this weekend, he's someone you have to pick up. Um, he's he, he, he's going to take that number one running back spot and run with it, no pun intended, or pun intended. And 
yeah, he's a huge pick if um, if Josh Jacobs is out, and that's if. I like that pick. It's a good pick. Eric, what do you what do you got, man? I got Young Ho Koo, the kicker from uh, the Falcons. <laughs> he had 21 points this week against the Raiders. So I might actually pick him up and drop because I had the Broncos kicker. He had one field goal this week. And I could use more points against Traden. So Dude, the Broncos they didn't have a quarterback, man. How do you expect them to move the ball? Yeah, so I'm gonna get Young Ho Koo. They have their quarterbacks back. Young Ho Koo it is. <laughs> Plus, watch him get one field goal here. <laughs> Good one, Tyler. <laughs> Alex, who do you got? Dude, running back. <clears throat> Just go with whoever you think is going to possibly get two scores. Boom or bust. If you're, tra- like, if you're in trading spot, go fucking big. Do you have the balls? Pick up Adrian Peterson. You don't know. He Ooh. could score two. Do it, trading. I think he went with Devontae Booker, but, you know, Adrian Peterson's good, too. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Go big. Yeah, tight end. Uh, I got Dalton Schultz, tight end, Dallas Cowboys. He's a seventh-rate tight end and is only owned in 30% of leagues. Um, this guy could be a more reliable option uh, tight end than Trey Burton. I don't know. I think Trey Burton has a bigger potential, but I think um, that Dalton's probably – sorry, not Dalton. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is going to give you a uh, – I was I was thinking the quarterback, wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> is going to give you possibly – I think he's going to give you more closer to 10 points, I think, more consistently. So kind of kind of weigh your options on that one. All right, and that is my fantasy section for the year. Thanks for listening, guys. Wow. Uh, we we need to go back, Tyler. You need to edit all the highlights of that, like all the, the right and wrong things we've said. Um, Have fun with that, Tyler. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because yeah, I have time. 13 weeks worth, bro. Yeah. 13 weeks worth plus okay. the, the draft that we had that is, is James. in the banks right now. James, um, when this is all said and done, I think you need to do a segment where we compare our picks on each of the, you know, from the beginning of the year, if they're one to tens against what actually happened and see how great or fucking terrible we are oh man just the injuries alone that's the hardest part true true so yeah that's we'll do solid. it let's see what happens that'd be great Eric got wow. last place i can already tell you that <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break guys uh when we come back we're gonna hear who's the most overrated and underrated in all the sports that matter Yo, everybody, we're back. Do you guys like sports? Uh, we do. Do you like uh, overrated athletes or underrated athletes? Traden likes both. Right, Traden? Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? <laughs> You're supposed to take it away. <laughs> you didn't say take it away. To be fair, you didn't say take away. But yes, today we're going to talk, or I'm going to talk about overrated, underrated players. I asked the guys to kind of go through, I I don't know if they went with recent. I kind of went with more recent, but um, just because I think everyone's kind of in the, you know, in the know and the now. Uh, I went, everyone asked, I asked everyone to go with their respective um, sports and give us their picks for the most overrated and underrated players in those sports. So let's start with, let's start with the NBA. Um, Alex, since it's, uh, since it's just about to start in a few weeks, I, I, ideally, um, what, give, give me your, your overrated player in the NBA right now. 
Okay. Yeah. First of all, I have no idea how they're going to start so soon. I feel like it just ended. Yeah. I mean, it was like what three weeks ago. I know it was probably like so two weird. months, but uh, <laughs> you said this isn't a while ago though. You said overrated first, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So overrated first. I have felt this for a long time and this season proved it. It is Draymond Green, the most overrated player in <laughs> basketball. He Ooh. had three Hall of Fame bona fide superstars carrying him. Now, KD left, Clay got hurt, Steph got hurt. It was Draymond's time. He averaged eight points and three rebounds. That's not a starter, that's a backup center. Draymond Green is ridiculous. He should never have been an all-star. He should never won defensive player of the year. He was carried by those all-time greats playing on that Warriors team. There's no big four with Draymond. Fuck that shit. It is Steph, Clay, and KD. Draymond, you can go sit your ass down on the bench. Wow. Damn. I'm actually yeah, I actually really like Draymond Green personally. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> so what do you have to say about that? But well, I, I, you know, I don't know his prior stats. Um, I know that he had he. I know that he didn't have a great season this past year. I know that he's been kind of known for his defensive side. So I would hope that someone maybe can kind of like play devil's advocate here for me on my he behalf. Also kicks um, dudes in the balls. Like that's rule number one. And he, did, he don't talks, kick another He man talks up. so much shit, but he cannot back it up. He, he cannot talk back a it man up. in the balls. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't apologize for him because <laughs> you guys are just torching me and torching him. So to, you wanted to ease, contention. To, to, uh, I did. I did want contention, and, um, and now it's smacking me in the face. To, to, so I can get out of my hole that I've dug. What is your most underrated player? Yeah, so underrated is going to be C.J. McCollum the other star backcourt player for the Portland Trailblazers. I love Dame. I've shown that on this podcast before. Dame is probably my favorite non-Lakers player. Uh, if there was any way for the Lakers to get Dame, I would take him in a heartbeat. But McCollum just gets overshadowed because Dame, he's Dame Dolly. He shoots from the logo. He's, he's legit. But C.J. McCollum could run that team on his own if Dame ever got hurt. You know, C.J., uh, he's averaging 25 points. Also, he played – this uh coronavirus season or whatever with like a partially broken back he like had a fracture in his back i can't even imagine like getting out of bed with that but playing in the nba cj mccollum is my most underrated uh, he's a superstar and no one talks about him there we go i mean looking at just the stats in the past couple of years i mean over 20 points averaging over 20 points a game um pretty solid and he's only improved since the, since he got in the league so um you know I, I think that he's just being overshadowed um and i and i agree i know i think he's a great he's a great underrated player uh pick um anybody concur or disagree with that i agree with both of those <clears throat> sorry i agree with both of those Whoa. picks what the fuck was that <laughs> I, I saw i saw you nodding there james, james has Rona. Uh, what, what is your feeling on mccollum like do you have anything to add to that no, I mean, he hit the nail perfectly on the head. Because the fact of the matter is you got a superstar and you have a star. Um, CJ McCollum in his own right could be a superstar if he was on his own. But, like, the fact of the matter is that Spala isn't on him all the time. Right. And so he's just there to be 1B when he could mm -hmm. be a 1 somewhere else. And the thing about CJ is that he's quiet about it. He, right. he doesn't really talk. He talks shit on Twitter about gaming and whatnot. So that's pretty <laughs> much it. Like, he doesn't talk shit about, like, destroying people Meaningful he laughs things. at lou bev 
or Pat Bev. He lost those two all the time. But <laughs> for the most part, he's pretty much quiet about it. Just goes in, does his job, and puts up numbers. There's one yeah. thing I forgot to say about him, too. He usually leads the league or is in the top in the league on, like, um, I think it's Miles Rand by the end of the season. So he's the one working his ass off on the court. Yeah. Um, I like that yeah, shit. CJ. I like that. Um, let's shift over to the MLB. Um, Tyler, let's start with the overrated player in the MLB, in your opinion. All right. So this was a pretty fun one to do research on. I think there's a lot of good candidates for both overrated and underrated. Uh, so for the overrated one, um, I'm going to go with the obvious one. It's Bryce Harper. Uh, just no question. I didn't really want to go this one because I think it's kind of the easy pick. But honestly, when I was doing all my research, he's like the only player that's on every single list I looked up. And when you, when you really think about it, he really is the most overrated player in baseball. And he's been overrated pretty much his whole career, uh, with the exception of like one season. Um, the main problem was he was so overhyped as a prospect. It was like the second coming of Jesus. Like it, he was supposed to be like baseball's Connor McDavid or LeBron James, like that good of a player. And I mean, He's had a decent career, but he hasn't been, like, the guy of, you know, of baseball. He was drafted number one overall by, by the Nationals in 2010. made his big league debut in 2012. Uh, he's played nine years in the league. He's won Rookie of the Year. He won MVP in 2015 and is a six-time All-Star. So you kind of look at that, you're like, that's not that bad. But to be honest with you, uh, he just isn't as good as advertised. And he, it's kind of unfair to him because I think he was unfairly – advertised um yeah so and he's really only had one good season as i mentioned in in, in 2015 where, when he when he won mvp he had 330 hit 42 home runs 99 rbis um, amazing season other than that the only, only year he's hit above 275 was one time in 2017 but that was also the fewest games he played in his career in a full season so you can kind of take that as, as you want also his career in the postseason is pretty is pretty bad hitting 211 only five home runs uh, his career war of 33.4 is only 46th of all the active players right now. Um, so I don't know. I, I, think, I think Bryce Harper is a very good baseball player, don't get me wrong. But I think just uh, when you think overrated, and I think he's been overrated for most of his career, um, so I'm going to have to go with Bryce Harper. Uh, Alex, you kind of like tilted your head a little bit. When well, it's <laughs> it's just such an easy response. Like it it's is. such a. It's As I said, it was easy. Just a. I don't know. I mean, I, I the easy route. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think about this that much, so I was focused on the basketball side. But off the top of my head, I would have picked Chris Bryant. Sort of the one. sort of the same thing, but he has the longevity. I mean, he they might release him. That's how bad Chris Bryant is. Oh, wow. like, the Cubs might be like, nah, we don't want. I think he had five RBIs this season. Oof. or something Oof. like that. Yeah, the, re the, reason, the reason why I kind of went Bryce Harper, which I think he's played a little, a little bit longer, and it's just had like a longer career being overrated. So I think that's kind of why I picked him. But I think Chris Bryant's also a very, very good second. Very right there. Thanks, buddy. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> um, what is your pick for the underrated player? So underrated, um, well, the way I kind of looked at this, I was, I was looking at war. I think war is a really interesting stat. Um, and I was looking at the top. Would you explain again what war is? Big okay. war guy. So war, <laughs> war is wins above replacement. We mentioned this a few pop podcasts earlier, and it basically measures like how good of a player you are next to your like the, the player that would replace you essentially. So it's like I how good you are above the average player. 
it's really complicated to be honest with you. I've looked it up so many times and I couldn't tell you, but it, it's, it's really complicated, but it's a pretty good stat to measure a person's value. Like it, 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 it works pretty well. Um, so I was looking at the top 50 active players and kind of going down the list. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And one guy popped up that was pretty high on the list. And I was like, shit, I didn't know he was this high. He is currently, he has a career roar of 36.6, which is 23rd on the active list. It's Angelton Simmons. You're welcome, Angels fans. Hey, hey I told wow. you. He's, he's not going to be in the for that much longer. Or he's gone, dude. Yeah. He's not going to play there again. I think he retired. But here's my he did not retire. For, didn't retire. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> about? He's about to. All right, but, but here's my case for uh, Simmons. Uh, he's mostly known for his defense. I think there's no question he's probably one of the best, if not the best defensive player in baseball, which I think defense overall as a skill in baseball is underrated. I think it's super, super important. I don't think enough people pay attention to it. Yeah, they have those top tens on SportsCenter, but like overall, like as defense, no one talks about like that being is such a big deal, but it really is a, a, a really important skill. He's won so many gold gloves and defensive players of the year. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, he's super reliable, super consistent. He, with the bat, he's not, he doesn't have a, a ton of power. He has a 269 career batting average, which is pretty solid. Like, that's a nice. pretty solid uh, career <laughs> average. Thank you, James. Um, <laughs> uh, so he and Kevin Kiermeyer, fun fact, are the only active players in the top 50 in war who have never made an, an all-star team. Wow. So, so, uh, Andrew Simmons, 23rd, active war, zero all-star appearances. Bryce Harper is, what did I say earlier? He is not a big war guy. 46. <laughs> he is 46 active, has made six all-star games. So I think that right there in terms of value and how good that's most overrated and most underrated right there. Hey, I, I like that. And, you know, guy gets four golden gloves. He's been not, he's been, He's, his best has finished eighth in the MVP race, and that's still pretty yeah. good for a he's, type of he, player. That you're he, he's also finished the top ten in WAR for a season three times in. His that's, career. That, that's he's also fantastic. got an all time. His nickname's Simba. That's an all time nickname. Yeah, that's a great nickname. That's an all time nickname. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds like that was a great pick. Um, not hearing any any fighting over that one. Um, but let's move it over to the NFL. So James, there's okay, a lot so of I've, them. I'm assuming. Yeah. Let's so overrated. Okay, overrated. I got two, like I said. First one is OBJ. Oh, this yeah. dude, he, he signed a five-year, $95 million contract when he was with the Giants and hasn't done much of it since then. Um, aside from that one-handed catch, he hasn't really produced. He's supposed to be like this, this dude that just transformed the Browns from a shit team to a better team, and he hasn't done that. The ones haven't come. He was supposed to be the guy that made Baker Mayfield better or was like supposed to help Baker Mayfield adjust the NFL. That hasn't happened either. Aren't they 8-3, though? The Browns? Yeah. OBJ's been injured. Yeah. He tore his ACL. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's had three touchdowns this year before he got hurt. He hasn't done anything. He had, he's only had six. The most he's had since 2016 is six touchdowns. At the beginning of his career, nobody really knew much about him. He had, like, 10 touchdowns, 13, and then 10 again. Since then, he hasn't had more than six. And this dude is getting paid top dollar. And to be honest i don't know if he's worth the problems that come with him fighting over like practice things being shit on you know yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> being a dog getting shit on if that's your fetish that's your fetish just don't tell people that's weird um <laughs> my second over overrated player is melvin gordon from the broncos uh he sat out a year because he thought he was good 
the fact of the matter is, he wasn't. <laughs> like, Austin Eckler came in there and tore it up because he was better than Melvin Gordon for a lot less pay. At the end of the day, Melvin Gordon ended up getting a two-year $16 million contract and hasn't produced this year for the Broncos. The Broncos are a pretty bad team. Uh, this last game, they didn't have a quarterback, and they are expected to run the ball a lot more. And Melvin Gordon had, like, 30 yards. Like, Philip Lindsay was an undrafted player, and I think it was a bad move for the Broncos to sign Melvin Gordon because Philip Lindsay is a good player. And having Melvin Gordon is stunting his growth overall. Uh, it's all about name value and hype for him. Melvin Gordon hasn't is averaging less than four yards per carry in four of his six years in the league. He doesn't produce all that much. It's just his name. And those are my two overrated players. Do you, do you think Odell could perform well if he actually had a relatively competent quarterback or an elite quarterback even? I think anybody could perform well. Look at Al Lazard. <laughs> like he's doing really well and he has Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but the fact that he's getting paid as much as he is right. to not produce is the thing that's making him overrated for me. That's, that's fair. That's a huge part of it. Um, I would say those are two great picks. What, what about your underrated pick? Okay, so I got two of those as well. Right. Sticking with the Browns here, my first one is Nick Chubb. Oh, he's yes. quietly one of the best rushes in the league, and he's still on a rookie contract overall. When oh, you think of the Browns, who do you think of? You think of Baker Mayfield and OBJ. You don't ever think about Nick Chubb. And he's also being overshadowed by Kareem Hunt, and it's crazy. Nick, like, Nick Chubb does his job day in and day out, and you don't hear about him at all because he's, he's on social media, but he doesn't tweet or do anything on Instagram. He helps out his community, but you don't hear about it. Like, this dude just goes in and does his job, doesn't talk. Much. Did you guys watch the Hard Knocks on the Browns? A couple years ago? Yeah, don't stretch. It hurts you. Remember that one coach? Yeah. That, <laughs> that <guy>. line coach. <laughs> but uh, Nick Chubb made one appearance in that entire hard knocks thing. And it was at the very beginning when he was at the airport. And some guy asked him what he did. He's like, I play football. And the guy asked him, like, oh, for which college? And he's like, oh, the Browns. And that was it. Very low key about it. And that was it. He goes in does his job. Uh, Stats-wise, this guy breaks tackles like no other and averages five yards a carry. For a power back, that's insane. Uh, that's my first overrated pick. And my second is Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. He was acquired from the Dolphins and traded to the Steelers midway last season, and he completely changed that defense overall. He overhauled that defense, making him, like, middle-of-the-pack defense, one of the best defenses in the league. He has insane ball-hawking skills. He's all over the place. He has so many interceptions. Uh, people typically think of T.J. Watt and his sacks as part of the reason why the defense is so good. But Eric is going to like this. He's one of the few safeties in the league that is pretty much the QB of that defense. And he allows TJ Watt and that <laughs> defense to get sacks because he performs so well in the secondary. And they're undefeated. So, you know, and they're undefeated. Yeah. But I'm making Fitzpatrick, that defense wouldn't be the same. So, I mean, Nick Chubb is like my boy. I mean, I, I, I love the guy. Almost breaches 1,500 yards last year. Um, I mean, I, I to me, when you ask that question, who do I think of the Brown or who do I think of when you say the Browns? It's for me, it's Nick Chubb. And that's only maybe because I own him in fantasy. Is he a top 10? Yes. And, but people and, don't think about that because right. he's underrated. Right. Right. I will say I am, I am still a little pissed off that he very smartly did not take the touchdown like two weeks ago. And like, he could have just. He's just, he's all about his team, man. He's all, he's about, all his about his team. And, and I appreciate that side of it, but as a fantasy owner, I'm still a little salty, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but th those are great picks. Nick Chubb is like, 
I love that guy. Um, and again, you know, you never hear from him and, and it, except for the good things, which is, which is important. Um, shifting over to the PGA, we're going to go to golf. Eric, who is your most overrated pick in the, in the golf world? Most overrated golfer, uh, I would say Jordan Spieth. Um, I I feel bad shitting on this dude, though. He's got the biggest yips of all time. He can't putt for dick anymore. Apparently, he's relearning his entire swing, which explains why he's been playing like dick in basically every golf tournament the last four years. Uh, He has won a Masters, but since then, it's just all gone downhill. Literally, he almost won two Masters in a row. Um, and on the 17 and 18 holes, he just somehow blew it, had to surrender up the green jacket. Um, one other golf guy, I would guess I would say overrated. This is me just more like not liking him. It's Brooks Kepka. Um, I mean, he's pretty good. He's won like four majors, and he won three of them last year. He also had knee surgery this year, so you can't really shit on him and say he's overrated because he was hurt. But the guy just kind of seems like a dick. And uh, he was shit-talking DeChambeau this year, you know. I always got to mention this guy when I talk golf. And, you know, after he shit-talked him, he proceeded to win his first major. So those are my two overrated uh, golfers. I'd say Spieth for sure. I would say Spieth is a great pick. He just – it seems like every, every, you know, every tournament you can expect, okay, which, which two holes is, are you going to blow up, you know? Just is it going to be early, late, mid? You know, it happens every time. So that's not surprising. So what about your underrated golfers? Because it seems like, it seems like there's a lot. Yeah, there's a ton. Uh, I just picked one main guy, Tony Finau. Um, he's just never put it all together uh, to win a major. I hope he does. Um, here's a hot take. His scoring average is 69. Uh, you know I had to throw that in there. This dude, he's six foot four, 200 pounds. He's a football-sized boy. Um, got a nice, powerful swing. I was looking up his stats earlier. He's only won one tournament ever. That's pretty fucking insane. Six second place finishes. I think a few of those were in major tournaments, and he was leading on that Sunday to start. Uh, three third place finishes and 40 top 10 finishes. That's just it's wow. crazy. But, you know, he's still winning fucking six figures of money every time he does that. But still. I... I agree. He, I think he just needs to put something together and then he's going to start winning. But that stat alone, the, the top 10 finishes, you don't, you don't even see, you know, four or last winners of master or, you know, of a masters in the next tournament, making the top 10, like as consistently as he is. So he's just so close. And if he can maintain that top 10, I mean, he could be one of the greats, I think. Um, but those are great picks. I'm going to move on to the NHL. Um, please jump down my throat guys. If you disagree. Um, my overrated player is PK Subban. Um, he's the third highest paid defenseman in the league and is outplayed by every damn near every single other top D in the league, ranking 127th in point per game last year. He recorded a dismal dash 21 on the season and produced a below 50% Corsi rating, suggesting he didn't even help defensively. We've seen him produce almost 60 points in Nashville in 2018 before dropping nearly half of that the next year. Um, and then following it up with an even worse performance last year or this past year, um, he ranked 29th and he ranks 29th in time on time on ice, suggesting he's being played as a one, one slash two defenseman, but, and probably taking up special teams as well. 
but when com- I often compare him to Shea Weber because that was the marquee trade back in 2018 or back in 2016. And, you know, Shea Weber beat him in every single metric, every single one. And I've kind of flip-flopped on that, on who won that trade, you know, in the past four years. Um, but now I think that, you know, I, Shea Weber has, has re- kind of regained himself and he's not, and PK has actually gone the other way. Um, and when you look at a $9 million contract that he has for two more years, he should be playing like a top 10 consistently. And he's barely, barely cracking the top hundred. He's on a terrible team though. I, regardless. I mean, it, you, you could say the same about, you know, uh, quite a few defensemen, Aaron Ekblad. Um, you could say that about, uh, you could say that about, um, I would, I would have said, uh, like Zach Wierenski, but Columbus Blue Jackets are actually a lot better than they used to be. Um, but he's still, even before they became good, they were still solid. Yeah, but PK, like before he was on the Devils, he's just been a solid player. He fucking was a big reason that Preds got to the cup that year. He's electric. He's kind of like a Westbrook-ish, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, would, I would take every single defenseman in the top four in Nashville now over him any day of the week. Um, Roman Yossi won the, won the Norris because he's, ex- he's way better. He's also, you know, he just is, he's just fantastic. I will say this, PK Subban's amazing off the ice. What he does for social justice and everything is so amazing. I'm not trying to knock him on that. I'm just trying to knock him on the on ice. He has gone completely the wrong he's direction. He's going to do great this year. I, I think that's a hot take. <laughs> I hope, I hope you're right though. I want to see a resurgence, but I, he's just not doing it for me right now. Especially hey, what do you think about John Gibson? But overrated. He's it's always hurt. I, 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 but you don't hear as much from him. You don't hear much about him, though. I mean, because the, the ducks game, suck. No, oh, he does suck. But I don't know if he's necessarily overrated. I mean, you could also say the same about Martin Jones. I don't think he's a number one goalie, but for some reason the Sharks do. <laughs> um, but I wanted to pick someone who was, you know, he's paid a lot and he should be doing a lot better than he is. Um, and that's kind of what kind of brought me into that there's so many overrated players but he's he's definitely the biggest in my opinion the underrated player that i pick is jonathan huberdeau from the uh Ooh. from the florida panthers exactly yeah, yeah he's 5.9 million a year through 2023 now and he's this he's the second of the underrated stars in panther in the panthers um, organization i didn't want to give barkov the the time of day because everyone touts that he's an underrated player which at this point, he's like not underrated <laughs> because of that. Um, though you can blame the market they play in. You know, they just don't get the same you know reception as the Rangers or Blackhawks or whatever. Huberto ranked tenth in point production this past season and seventeenth in points per game, which is well above, um, you know, well above one point oh in the uh, um, in the Corsi. He's over fifty percent in the Corsi, excuse me, and he's considered one of the lowest played players in the top twenty. Um, suggesting, you know, looking at the course, he, it, it suggests that he doesn't forget, he doesn't forget the defensive side of the puck. He's putting up 92 points, you know, in a season last year, he's a perennial two twenty 20 goal scorer when he plays a full season. My main, his main issue is who he plays for. I mean, he plays for Toronto, he plays for Rangers, he plays for Pittsburgh or even the Blackhawks with these same numbers. He's getting talked about on every single news outlet everywhere. You guys would know who he is. Um, and I think the Panthers have a gem in this guy along with Barkov and it'll be a, he'll be a key player to build around if they can get a goaltender. He's 26. So he's just kind of breaching his prime here. And he, you know, I expect him to do great things in the next couple of years. Um, you know, who's overrated? Even, what? 
you know who's overrated is uh, John Tavares on the Leafs. I would 100% agree. Was the captain of uh, the Islanders. Fucking overrated. Can't even score empty net goals when it matters. Um, does anybody Ducks. have an underrated hockey player that, that they have in mind? Yeah, the entire New York Islanders team. <laughs> I would agree. Underrated. Um, my Someone Everybody. I actually was going to throw in for you for you three was um, Iafalo. Um, I really like mm. Iafalo's play. I think he, Iafalo, I th- yeah. As I think you got I, some. I think you got. I, follow. I think I think you got someone big on your squad there, and um, and I I'm going to look forward to him playing and and that and the Kings finally building, you know, truly building around him because I think he's going to be huge. Um, James, I don't really have an underrated player except maybe Kasha to an extent. But, eh. Yeah, the way he spells his name <laughs> is super <laughs> weird, bro. It is. Case. His name is Case. Um, that was a Kasha. And Andre Andrej Kasha now, bro. That is my, you know, that is my segment. Um, it's always fun to talk about underrated, overrated players. But, um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, uh, we'll see about P.K. Subban trading. I think he's going to do great this year. Um, but our last segment – uh, we saved the best for last, I think. Uh, Tyler's going to talk soccer when we come back. Everybody, we are back for the last segment. We saved the best for last. Tyler is talking to us about a sport that none of us really know about except James because he kind of works at, I guess, uh, soccer, right, Tyler? Yeah, soccer or football, as it's called in every other country in the world. Um, so I wanted to talk – well, first of all, I want to say the reason – one of the reasons I'm talking about soccer is because it's winter and baseball isn't around and I have nothing else to talk about. And it took me, like, a long time to figure out what, what to talk about. I was just, like, looking up things to talk about. And I was like, you know what, let's talk about soccer. We've never talked about soccer yet. And I kind of want to talk about why we haven't talked about soccer because it's just not popular in this country. And I wanted to look into that a little bit. Like, let's, let's talk about why soccer isn't a bigger sport here in the United States. Um, so first, I kind of want to dissect as why that is. And I think the number one reason is just the culture of our country and soccer just don't mesh. Um, and there's, there's a, a few reasons for that. Um, I think that the first reason is that America and Americans like being the best at everything. And in soccer, with the exception of women's soccer, internationally, men's soccer, we are not good at all. So I think if we're not good at it, we don't really care. You know, you look, look at sports like basketball, baseball, um, football, we're clearly the best in the world at those sports. Even hockey trading, you know, I think we're competitively kind of number one. Obviously, Canada's number one, but we're at least competitive in that, in that arena. But with soccer, we're just not, straight up not. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, so I think that the U.S. isn't even close to being the best. Um, I think we also just love big things in this country. And I think that those other sports are just big sports, big athletes, big scores. Soccer, smaller athletes, smaller scores. just doesn't really work. Baseball. <laughs> but even baseball's got big guys, big home runs they're they're hitting big fly balls and even so, so does man you dude man you got these big hulking dudes who just yeah but they're destroy but, you what but, are you talking but, about but, but the final scores you know two nil they just kick yeah, you in the shins nil. tyler so dude your freaking dodgers can win two zero too cool i know but i'm saying like 
in soccer, it's consistently that. Baseball, it could be 2 nothing. you're right, but could also be, you know, 14 to – Can I give you a knock on soccer? Sure. Because I just interrupted you anyways. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I hate how, like, even in, like, the World Cup, it, it can get determined by, like, a PK. In other words, what is that, a penalty kick? Yeah. That's like having a hockey Stanley Cup or, like, a World Cup fucking you lose on a shootout goal, which is, like – Sometimes an unfair advantage, would you say? Yeah, and that's you know, score earlier. Another, another reason I was going to talk about. I think we as a country, we hate ties. We hate it. And we as a country are not patient. No, we want a winner and a loser, whether it's heartbreak or thrill. We want someone to win and someone to lose. And in soccer, ties are allowed with the exception of World Cup knockout rounds, you know, or, or any kind of knockout round, any kind of playoff format. You know, they have to go to a PK system because – it could be hours and hours for anyone actually. Yeah. Well, let the them play. Like hockey had the five overtimes this year and it was yeah. great. Yeah. I think, I think soccer could benefit from something like that, or at least make it a way. I mean, they probably wouldn't allow us because they wouldn't want this, but having less players on the field during overtime, maybe, you know, cut it down by two or three players. See if that kind of increases scoring a little bit. That happens with a red card. You play with a man down with a red card. Same thing. Just, Without red card, though. Just, just have it half time. the field. But how, how, why would they not allow it then? <laughs> if they deal with a red card, then why would they that's, not allow it? That's a totally you? different thing. That's totally different. That's like a power play, but you have it the whole What about time. a green card? <laughs> oh, that's not yeah. so get into America. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think the, la- the last reason culture- culturally we hate flopping and we hate seeing people with fake injuries what about I the think, NBA, bro? country. Um, <laughs> Jake just has an argument right for everything you're saying. <laughs> why do we watch basketball? If you think, I think James think, is defending soccer. Here. I don't. I don't. If you think that that basketball players flop more than soccer players, I don't think. Mm. Look at Russ. Soccer. Look at James Harden. Yeah, dude, basketball. Look at every day. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. In basketball, like when when players do that, the fans go, "Why are you doing that?" Like, don't. And don't they get fly. fined. And they get fine. In soccer, in soccer, it's it's part of the game. It's part of the culture. It's part of strategy for men's yeah. soccer, not in women's soccer. Yeah. I'm okay. Jesus Christ, James. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. So, but it's part of the culture. And like I'm saying, like as Americans fans watching that, I don't think we like that at all. I think that's part of the problem. Um, What's the strategy in that? The strategy is to get the referees to call a foul that's may or may not actually been a foul. Okay. Right. I thought so it was like to fine. give them rest or something. No, because they don't really have reviews like they do in some other sports. So they it's do like, they have VR now, dude. But in but in human <laughs> error, you can have human error, and, and and you know it's part of the, it's part of the game to try and sell the call of the referee, right? Okay, so soccer cleats suck though too. They're like paper thin. I remember rolling my ankles multiple times in high school. Maybe that was my fault though. I don't just, know. You're so athletic, bro. <laughs> yeah. The soccer cleats. I think the that's materials your, that's your don't fault. ever get them. They're bad. Yeah. Um, part of the reason America and our capitalist kind of society, I think that big TV markets don't like soccer because there's not as much advertising opportunity. You know, we got in other sports, you got so many breaks in between action. Uh, in soccer, you have halftime. That's about it. So I think for, for TV markets to want to broadcast soccer, it is not as lucrative as, as other sports are. So I think that's going to be a harder sell to get soccer more of big TV markets, more primetime television. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way that this country works. Um, so let's, um, James. I know you have a lot to say. 
So let's start with you. Do you disagree or agree with what I just said about why soccer isn't as popular? You said like four things, didn't you? Um, I agree with the majority of it. The biggest thing is the fact that the U.S. does not lead it. Like you said, like we're not the best at it. Like soccer in England, in the Premier League, that's top soccer. And there's no way we can beat that. We haven't been playing soccer for a long time, as long as they have. And there's no way we're going to beat that market. Like people in the U.S. who are soccer fans wake up at three or four in the morning just to watch the Premier League play. And that's not something that we're willing to do. Like in the U.S., we have the MLS, then you have like Division One and Two. That's pretty much it after that. But those mar- they play in small markets. Like the LA Galaxy play at StubHub. And that's a small stadium. Like that's where the Chargers play. That's a, they used to play. That's a small stadium. It doesn't house nearly as many people. Um, I think part of the other reason why is that um, you said it's not lucrative. It makes sense. And it, it costs a lot of money for young for children to play soccer now just because of all the fees you have to do all the different leagues all the trap like if you want to get good at something in the u.s you don't play for your school anymore it's no longer free you got to play club sports you got to play travel teams you got to do all these that cost a lot of money to get good at it and i guess people that just don't want to put in that time or effort to do that and that that's the reason why we're not that good we're not putting resources into developing young soccer players in the United States. And I don't understand why. It's the world's game. Everybody plays it. Literally every country play, plays it. And I, I think we should start investing way more into it if you want to be seen on the big stage. I would agree. I, I think what those are a lot of good answer. points. Um, Alex, as, 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 a, as a fan, why do you choose not to watch soccer? Or is there, is there like, kind of like, what, what's your opinion as a soccer fan? Do you like or dislike about the sport? Uh, I mean, I'll get into the World Cup for sure. Like, I'll get full on in. I will watch as many games as I can, matches, um, you know, even like last, like for the men's one, you know, the U.S. wasn't in it, but I still watch majority of them. I watch the women's one more closely because you're right. The women's, we're fucking good at it and we win. So I I do watch those more often. Um, You know, going... I think a lot of it too is people won't spend the money to go to a go to a game. Because it is fun in, like, when you are there. I mean, even our little Chico, you know, Chico State team, like, when those, when those teams were good and they were, you know, vying for state championships, like, people got into it, and it was super fun. Um, and, yeah, the flopping is an issue for sure. And it is, James, I would 100% agree with you. The men just milk it, and the women will get up, and they'll take it, and they'll get back back up, and they'll fight them. I mean, I've seen videos of girls, like, pulling other girls' hairs after they've hit them. Like, it's gnarly. And then the men cry when nothing has happened. They're really good actors. And I could totally understand how that could, um, you know, push somebody off of the sport. But there's nothing, there's nothing quite like the end of a soccer match when you're down by a goal and you have to win. And the goalies run – the other team – you know, the goal, team that needs to score, the goalies running down. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love soccer. I don't watch it as much as I used to, but I, I would, and I would, you know, I think people should get more into it. For sure. Let, let's talk about a little bit kind of soccer where it is today, especially with, you know, kind of youth sports and people playing it. Um, so since, since 2012, and this is according to a Forbes article. Yeah, I read Forbes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, so this is for Major League Soccer. So Major League Soccer, the, in case you didn't know, is the uh, domestic league, professional league here in the United States. Uh, it's seen a 27% increase uh, in revenue, both from attendance and from TV revenue. 
Um, so that's since that's the last eight years or so, it's, it's seen a, a pretty good increase in, in interest. Um, they will also expand from 24 to 30 teams in the, in the, in the next four years. Um, so they're seeing a pretty big expansion, which is also good news for them. Um, but again, despite the success, the increased success of the MLS in this country, the increased success of our men's of our men's international team has not been so good. Um, they didn't even qualify for for the, the last World Cup. Our women's team, on their hand, is kicking absolute ass, and I want to I'm going to talk about them more at, at the at the at the at the end of this. Um, as far as um, youth soccer goes, soccer is actually one of the most popular youth sports in the country. In most polls that I looked up, it's always in the top three in most played youth sports, usually behind basketball and baseball, are usually the, the, the top three. Um, I personally played soccer, and I think almost – did anyone on this podcast not play soccer as a kid? James, that's it? All right, so four to five of us all, all played soccer, at, at least a little bit. I think that was a sport – like, I mean, I remember everyone – I feel like everyone in the school played soccer at one point. Like, it's crazy. Like, I think everyone had their own kind of unique sports – but like everyone played soccer. So I, th I think, and it's interesting to see that as it's, it's so popular to play when you're a kid, but for some reason when you kind of grow up and it just doesn't become as big of a deal. But I remember, I remember playing soccer and not being a big deal, but watching soccer was not a big deal at all. Um, so I think that's just an interesting um, component there. Um, so Eric, were, were you a good little soccer player when you were growing up? I actually like was randomly on the Red Rockets in third grade, was like the leading goal. <laughs> the scorer. Red Rockets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And surprisingly, there was a kid on our team, trading, you might have heard of him. His name's Rocco Grimaldi. He's on the Nashville Predators, actually. <laughs> He's in the NHL. He was like super short, and he was just like a little Red Rocket out there. <laughs> actually, I think he was the leading scorer, but he was like our best player. Um, I have a, like a random, one thing that kind of gets me away from soccer is like, there's so many leagues of it, you know, mm. like, and the premier league, the English premier league that James talking about, isn't there like no playoffs? It's just like, whoever has the best record is the winner. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, the problem. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like there is no playoff for it. It's like whoever has the best finishes with the best record is like champion. So like, say, you know, mathematically, there's like a few games left, but you have the best record. Like you're already the champion. There's no playoff. You know what's crazy so. about the Premier League though is that like if you're there's like a Division One league and a Division Two league in the Premier League, and if you're like one of the last two teams, the bottom two teams in Division One, you get demoted into the Division Two league as a team as a whole. So the entire franchise just goes to a different league if you suck, and they promote okay. the top two teams from the second league to the first league. So it's, it's just it's cutthroat, dude. It's uh, kind of cool, actually. <laughs> it's like the only business where you can get a player and then you can sell that player to a different team for more money. It's on. It's just like the way that so international soccer players make way more money than any American player in any sport. Yeah, on their, well, Based on their contracts. I mean, I know, like, you know, LeBron and everyone makes a crap ton of advertising, but, like, Cristiano Ronaldo is, like, the highest played athlete in the world on yeah. those lists all the time. It's pretty. And they have like millions of dollars in transfer fees that the athlete doesn't even see. It just yeah. goes from team to team, and then they get the huge contract on top of that. So it's teams are shelling out hundreds of millions of dollars just to get one player. Yeah, crazy. It's it's pretty insane how popular soccer is in every other country in the world, and in the U.S. we just don't give a shit. Like it's so interesting to me how that works. And I mean, the last World Cup I think saw it was 
they had 4 billion viewers. That's like half of the world's population, you know? So it, it is <laughs> definitely the world's, you know, Dog most popular sport. Yeah, clearly. Um, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about women's soccer. I think a lot of all the things I've been saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the last, we talk about, you know, men's soccer as a whole not being successful. But on the other side, U.S. women's soccer has been one of the most successful uh, team sports in the world of all time. I mean, they've been so, so good. Um, I mean, just a few, a few things here. Um, they've won, they, they won the World Cup in 2015, 2019, uh, four overall World Cups. They won four Olympic gold medals, most recently in 2012. Uh, you know how many gold, gold medals, or actually Olympic medals, the uh, men's team has won? zero nothing uh their best finish in a world cup ever was third place all the way back in 1930 oh good uh, times it's just a crazy dis- d- difference there no bronze medals they give out yeah they gave out bronze medals but we never won one but they got third place no in the world, world cup, cup. oh uh... <laughs> there you go knock yeah. <laughs> it in <sighs> But yeah, so I think for me personally, as a fan, like I've gotten more into soccer in more recent years because of the women's team and because of how good they've been. Again, that kind of speaks to our culture I was talking about earlier. Like we like being the best at stuff. Uh, so Trayden, I'm just curious, like has, has the women's team for you increased your interest in soccer or has it just, or do you not, does it, does it not matter to you? You know, um, either way. Yeah, that's definitely the reason that I'm even interested in it at all. They're very fun to watch. Um, and, you know, I'll watch the World Cup anytime that they're, anytime that they're playing. Um, and I think that they're kind of the only reason that I have any interest in the sport, which is, which is pretty, which is pretty limited. Um, but it's, it's all, you know, it's all about them. Those girls are, those women are amazing. Pay them. Pay them, man. Um, yeah. So real quick, James, I know you work really closely with, with, uh, women's soccer, uh, with, with your work. Um, I don't want you to like, you know, speak for them, but how would, how do you think, I don't know if you have a conversation with them at all about this, like how they feel about, you know, soccer not being as popular. Do they even really care? Or is it just, they just like playing the game. They don't really care about the success of soccer in, in this country, or do they have like, are they pretty passionate about wanting to grow the sport more? Um, it's a bit of both. You got some girls who are extremely passionate about it, who care about the sport, and other girls who are just kind of there because they're good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones who are passionate about it, like we, me, Chad, and I have a friend who is on track to play for the national team before getting hurt. Um, so, Luli, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. But she's really, really good. And she destroyed both of her ankles playing the sport she loves. And she's passionate about going to the game. So, she watches all the games like the national team just played recently i think it was last week i don't know a couple days ago maybe i didn't know that but she watched it and it was like at 9 30 in the morning so like she wants to go to the game and she's doing it the best way she can by coaching and helping others succeed and being that voice to help others get to that next level and on the flip side of that you have girls who are just playing because they're naturally gifted and they're naturally just good at it who just want to win now and not really caring about the sport itself. Um, but for sure, like the girls who are really passionate about it, they fight and they fight hard. Definitely. I think, I think women's soccer is so much fun to watch. Um, I've, you know, gotten to work closely with both men and women's soccer. 
Um, they're equally great. Um, I think women sometimes more so. The, the intensity of and the passion that those girls show out there is just unbelievable. Um, it's so much fun to watch. Um, and I've, I've liked soccer. I've grown to like soccer a lot more by working with it. Um, I don't think a lot of people have had that, you know, chance to do that. But um, I think soccer is a very underrated sport, and I would love to see it grow more. Um, I'm going to try and watch more soccer. I'm going to make that a goal of mine um, to, you know, watch more MLS games or watch, watch more international games and not just make it a once every four years kind of thing with, with the World Cup. So that's, that's kind of all I got about soccer. And, uh, yeah. Actually, that was a great topic, Tyler. Uh, I think we all had a lot of good stuff to contribute. Uh, this was a fun episode, boys. Glad to be back. Uh, shouts out to all the listeners, all of our followers. Uh, keep checking everything out. We're going to keep shooting content your way. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Happy upcoming holidays. Christmas is right around the corner. The NBA is starting December 22nd. For those of you that didn't know, uh, it's going to be a blast. And stay updated with us.